All right, choir, go find your place. Amen. How many of y'all enjoy the choir? Yeah, they're great, ain't they? They're doing it just like I showed them. I mean, it's so good. I mean, they're following perfectly. Right, Jalen? Amen. All right. I like a loyal staff member. Amen. All right. I want, I want Brother Chris and, and the guys that was here earlier, I want y'all to come on up and, uh, and uh, see, we don't like small people around here. Uh, the Bible says the righteous shall be made fat and flourishing. Somebody made fun of me the other day, and I just said I'm real righteous. Amen? I am righteous. I'm also, well, anyhow, we'll leave that alone. Y'all got your microphone. All right, you can be seated. You can be seated. Friday night, Friday night, I came, I came on the parking lot, and uh, I was meeting somebody here uh, about 8 o'clock, I guess, Friday night. And uh, uh, I, I looked, and the, the, the small building was full of people. That was Hurts and Habits, uh, helping the addicted, helping those with issues and, and problems and burdens there. And as I was, I was looking at that, I just happened to look to the back of the parking lot, and uh, uh, a lot of the Unsheltered International folks was back there. The Hope Ministry, uh, helping the homeless, was back there getting loaded up and doing everything they can to go out. And God really spoke to my spirit. I'm telling you, man, it, it, was, it was just like God just sat down beside me. And he said, son, remember this. It's not about the seating capacity. It's about the sending capacity. Say that with me. It's about the sending capacity. It doesn't matter all about what we do in here. But if we're not taking this out there, we're wasting our time. It's about a lost world, a hopeless world, a world that's in darkness needing what you have in this building amen and i want these guys to share just a minute just do what you did earlier and uh this is brother kendrick hawkins with our teenage uh, uh ministry give him a hand for being with us tonight yes, yes. i want to say thank you first of all for the fat joke earlier we appreciate all right that. and uh we want to say look what we have done yesterday is we partnered with hope ministry and also with unsheltered international and let me say I have a newfound uh, appreciation for what they do. Uh, I did appreciate what they did, brother, but I tell you, when you go and you see it firsthand and see these people working, I'm telling you, they have a great passion for what they do, and I appreciate that. But there was a couple things I was concerned about uh, personally when we went was we knew there was going to be a large number of volunteers there. And I told Brother Tim, you sure we're not going to just be bumping heads and getting in the way? And there was another youth ministry there from Jasper. And... Uh, they were doing some sign worship. Our kids were doing sign worship. And I wondered, how was this going to work? And there was a one point when uh, this sign team was doing the, the very song that our young people were going to do very next. The very next song we were going to do, they were doing. just started. And some of our people started panicking. Oh, what are we going to do? This is not a competition. Should we do something different? We didn't know. And just spontaneously, our young people started to go out there with them. And in just a moment, I could not have manufactured that. I couldn't have put that together. I would have been afraid to say going out there. But to see our young people and this other young group of young people together signing the same song, doing a little different, but that's what happens when you're willing to go. That's what happens when you break down the barriers and say, you know what, we're here to serve, and we're just going to go. Another thing I was concerned about is what am I going to say to a homeless person? Am I going to be comfortable sitting down and talking to these folks? And I'm telling you, I went home, and I was surprised, and I told my wife when we go home last night, I said, I cannot explain I did not feel the least bit uncomfortable talking to these people. And that's what happens when you go. When you have a heart that's willing to go, 
I believe God and his anointing will come in and give you the words and give you the peace to do things you never thought you could do. There's two youth groups that would have, I could, if I'd have made them go sit together, Brother Malcolm, they wouldn't have done it. But God intervened and did that because they had a heart to go. And if we had a mission for our young people this year, it is, we say it's go time. We know that Matthew 28, 28:19 says it's time to go. Go ye therefore and baptize all. In another version it says to go and make disciples. And I believe that's our mission here. And uh, it, it's time for us to go. Uh, we're going to New Orleans this summer. And this was just a little taste yesterday about what we're going to get to do. But as I was sharing with these, uh, uh, talking to these homeless folks, uh, uh, people are just really going through a hard time. And uh, and I, as I look, I'm talking to them. And next thing I know, i got a teenager sitting here beside me, another one sitting here. And if I'd have asked them to do it, they wouldn't have done it. But God intervened. And I'm telling you, they opened up. And I'll go and see three or four young people talking to somebody on their own. Nobody made them do it. And I'm telling you, that is a heart uh, of what we want to do. It's time for us to go. And I'm so thankful for the opportunity to do that. Well, good morning. My name is Tim Barbie. I am the leader of the Hope Ministry. And just want to say thank you to everybody that went with us yesterday. It was a truly, truly great blessing to see everybody working together, the teens working together, the grown-ups working together. Everything went probably the best, I think, yesterday that we've had in two years that we've been doing this. It went really, really awesome. We had 168 people come through that we got to serve yesterday. We served them meals. We got to serve them with resumes, with birth certificates, with haircuts. We gave them 77 haircuts yesterday. 168 people got to eat a meal yesterday that may have not got to eat anything all day yesterday. We had 35 birth certificates applied for. We did 10 resumes. We gave out 98 different pairs of reading glasses to something as small as reading glasses. People don't even think about it. But these guys have a hard time reading. They have a hard time writing. And, you know, the embarrassment almost of being a homeless person, that is a big difference between giving them a, a fresh haircut, giving them a pair of reading glasses. They're walking away feeling 100 times better than what they did when they walked in. And then the grown-ups, right along with the teenagers, I mean, people were crying yesterday worshiping God, seeing church people worship God, but seeing the homeless people worship God right along the side of the teenagers was an awesome, awesome blessing. Just thank you to everybody that came out with us. We had a great time. We hope we can do it just like that again. We had 125 volunteers from three different churches yesterday coming together to praise God. Just want to thank you guys very, very much. And this, this is just a sign of where your donations are coming in, what they're getting used for. They're actually going out to bless others. Just want to say thank you, guys. Amen. Well, I'm uh, Chris O'Neill. I'm the missions and outreach pastor here at Temple. And, uh, man, we're just having a great time on Friday nights. How many of you are nervous about the big guy walking the line? You know what? Every Friday night, that's the same way I feel. When I see people walk through the doors down at the rock, in their life, they're teetering on the edge. And many times, this happens. And down there, all we do is give them a hand, get them back up, and help them to keep going on. At 6 o'clock every Friday night, we have life recovery down in the rock in the lower building. People come in. 
with all types of life's problems. You know what? They're not any different than you sitting right here in the pew. Because every one of us will be gut level on us, have the difficulties and struggles in our life. And we simply show them from the Bible how they can step away from the edge. I tell them all the time, and those over in here that are down there, don't walk on the line because you'll fall over. And so we're discipling them and teaching them how to step back, stay away from the things that are going to cause them struggles, get in God's Word, and look to Him for leadership and guidance in your life. And man, we're seeing God work in the lives of people every week. We have folks that come that are just two or three weeks sober. You know what? We make a big deal about two or three weeks. We have some that come in that are a year sober. Do you know what? They need to be there in that meeting. And what happens a lot of times, we'll sit around in a circle and start talking about difficulties. This one will help that one. That one will help this one. Actually, Friday night, I tried to teach, but it didn't work. And There were people in the groups that did a lot better teaching than I did because they've been there. It's just people helping people. On Sunday mornings, actually at this time, we're supposed to be down there, but I had all the fellas come up here. But we have the same class going on at 945. If you're here today with a struggle in your life, that's a class for you. If you're here today and you have a family member that's having a difficulty, come down there. We want to help you get through that difficult time in your life. Thank you, Pastor. All right. Church, say amen. This is ministry that goes on every single week that your tithes and offerings are paying for. It's what it's, it, listen, it's what it's all about, meeting the needs of others and letting them see the love of Christ in you. Say amen. Amen. I want to introduce to you a, 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 a dear man of God who I have fell in love with. Man, it's a few years ago when he came for the first time. Uh, right off the bat, man, it was just it was just one of them deals. We knew he was the real deal. Amen. He was getting the job done, and I like somebody with spunk. Amen. I I, I said it. I almost said it again, brother Kendrick. I, I I'm not real uh, attracted to boring people. I, it, it, I don't like getting around folks that look like their mother-in-law moved in and kissed them right on the mouth. Amen. I, 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 want, I like being around people who look like they're saved. Amen. Who look like they have something worth having. And Brother Bounds is one of them type fellas. And we're, we'll introduce uh, uh, Brother Philip here in just a second too. I, I got to meet him last night, one of the national pastors. And uh, uh, running a Bible college to train men to go up into the villages and tell people about Jesus. Amen. And this is where he got me. He got me too. He, this is where he got me. He said, our favorite song over there is A Country Boy Can Survive. I said, you're in, man. Amen. I said, have y'all ever heard of Sweet Home Alabama? I mean, that's it right there. All right, Brother Ben, you come on up. Let's give Brother Ben an old-fashioned temple welcome. Amen? All right. All right. Good to be back in Temple Baptist Church. Last time I was here about two or three years ago, we had a banquet out here after the service. You know, everywhere you go, there's somebody that just stands out in your mind. You can't get away from them. At one point in that banquet, Pastor Carter said, I want somebody to stand up. Everybody stand up and point to somebody new you've met tonight. Well, I met this fellow. I had a good talk with him. Couldn't remember his name. He was a long, tall drink of water in a blue denim, western-style sh- suit, cowboy boots, and a bolo tie. And I just pointed to him, and I said, Clint Eastwood. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Well, uh, you know, I, I think I know why Brother Carter kind of takes a shine to him a little bit because I'm one of you folks. I'm a southerner, too. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm neighbors on two corners. I grew up in the middle of nowhere in the sticks of South Mississippi, Forest County. I was born in Brett Favre's town, okay? You know where that is. And uh, But the last 35 years I've been living in Sumner County, north of Nashville, and little, I get my mail from Hendersonville, but I'm a country boy. I live out in the sticks. Built my own log home out there about 28 years ago. Took four years to build it. Couldn't afford to buy one. Had to build it, you know. But anyway, we've been in full-time ministry 44 years, and about 11 years ago, God started us into this mission work of supporting national church planters. I would love to be on the mission field full-time, but God said, nope, that's not my plan for you. You know, he's the head coach. Yeah. And you play the position the coach assigns you to, amen? So this is my assigned position. I'm a missionary on eternal deputation. For 11 years now, I've been speaking in an average of 60 churches a year, sharing the ministry, looking for churches, Sunday school classes, individual Christians, individual families that will sign up to help support a national church planner in, uh, in a third world country. We worked our first five and a half years in Southeast Africa, Russia, the Ukraine. We've worked in the Caribbean. We've worked in Central America. For the last five and a half years, we've been working in Southeast Asia and India, more specifically in Thailand, Vietnam, Myanmar, which is Obama, and Brother Philip is my national director for Myanmar, and India. You see, I have to have a national director in each country, someone that can speak English and read and write English real well. Brother Phillips, 32 years old, speaks five languages, taught himself English with no tutor. He's got some gray matter up there, folks. Okay? More important than that, he's got the Holy Spirit uh, indwelling and empowering his life, and God doing some great things that you're going to see a little more about that later. Now, listen, he's speaking good English, and I've got him speaking with a southern drawl already, too. Every time I go over there and teach in the college, and we go all over Myanmar teaching pastor seminars, training seminars, and, and I introduced him to that song. You see, the hill tribe people are the equivalent of the good old boys here in the south, the country boys, okay? And uh, when, that, when that song, when he puts that in the CD and we're going up the highway in that little old truck and we got it full of them preaching in the back, man, that truck starts swaying. A country boy can survive. Now, listen, I've got, where's the music director? Is he here? Wave at me. i got a song for you. I'm, I'm going to sick everybody on you if you don't learn it real quick. He put on one of his gospel CDs, and a song came on, and I'd never heard it before. And the words captivated me. Legacy 5 sings it. Type it into your search engine on your computer. What faith does what faith does said philip did you hear that play that again we had a hallelujah shouting revival in that truck as that with what faith does he takes and takes you down the god's hall of fame of faith in hebrews chapter 11 Woo, man that's their theme song for their bible school now well as i say we're helping to reach the, the gospel, take the gospel of the people in the 1040 window. What's the 1040 window? Pick up a blue brochure on your way out and you'll see. There's two-thirds of the world's population lives in that 1040 window, 68 countries. And it's 95% unevangelized. Imagine, 95% of over 4 billion people still waiting to hear the first gospel message. Why? What's the problem? What's the hindrance? Read the brochure. The first paragraph will tell you why. So that's our burden. That's our calling. And we ask you to pray about what would God have you to do to help Philip Leon and my other national preachers and national directors in these countries. You see, they can do a much more effective job than, than Brother Carter, myself, or Brother Chris, or anybody else can in their country. You know why? They're one of them. You know how it is when the outsider comes around? He ain't from around here. 
Huh? Yeah, we're slow to accept them. Well, that's the American missionary in the foreign country. But they're one of them. They, they speak the language fluently. They're not slaughtering the King English, so to speak, like we hear some of our immigrants doing, okay? They know the culture. They know the customs. They know how to look like them. You think I look weird, don't you, okay? Well, I'm, I'm actually multi-ethnical uh, dressed today. My coat is from the Aka tribe. They're, they're from, originally from, uh, where are they from? Mongolia. And they filter down from Mongolia to Tibet, Tibet, down into Southeast Asia. So they're all over South China and those Southeast Asian countries. So that's the Aka tribe. Not the Alka, that's South America. Aka. My pants are from the Hmong tribe. They're from all over Southeast Asia as well. Uh, my Bible bag is from the Sakala tribe of Vietnam. Each one of these countries has multiple ethnic groups. Vietnam has 69 tribes besides three Vietnamese groups. Thailand has 59 tribes besides three Thai, uh, four Thai groups. Myanmar has 130 hill tribes besides the Burmese people. A small tribe is 30 to 50,000. Some tribes measure 1 to 2 million. We were preaching a pastor seminar in uh, Tongji, Myanmar, 4,700 feet up the mountain. And we recognized each tribal group there and prayed for them at that moment as we began each service. This one brother stood and identified himself as being from the Padong tribe. How big is your tribe? 500,000, half a million. How many Christians are in your tribe? I am one of 146 believers out of 500,000 people. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the need of the gospel among that one tribe alone as an example? Brother Philip has raised up a small Bible college. It's just finished his fourth year, made up entirely of hill tribe students, training them to take the gospel back to their people in the mountains and valleys and hillsides of Myanmar. You pray. See what God would help you to do to help Philip reach his people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank you. Lord bless you. Hello, Temple Baptist Church. Thank you very much for giving me the chance to speak again. And really, I am really humbled and honored by the privilege I have here. I come from uh, Myanmar, formerly known as Burma, as you know it. And Ben and I have been, uh, I have, Ben and I have known each other since 2005. And the relationship gets better and better and deeper and deeper and deeper. And I can only be grateful for that. That doesn't mean we don't have any bad sport of that, but uh, Christ-like forgiveness is always needed to maintain, sustain, and cultivate relationship. A relationship that when people see, they see God's relationship to us and our relationship to Him. And that's the kind of uh, relationship that we have between the two of us. And I can only be grateful for all that God has done. So back to that point, uh, very quickly, uh, that's a little bullet point of my life. And currently we have uh, nine adopted children, plus three biological children. Uh, so we always have dinner party. There can be no boring in my life or in my home. So, uh, But just one funny thing. One of my friends that I met in Elgin asked one thing. Because I sleep here, and then uh, my children, you know, they all, they all sleep, uh, we all sleep together. One fellow asked, how did you make your baby? I hope it's not offensive to you, 
But we had our way, and we, were, uh, we had a kick out of that. <laughs> anyway, so, but there can be no boring in my life and in my family life. God is good, and when my wife and I see children growing with the sense of belonging, this is my family, this is my family, that joy captures our heart. There are people who just don't have the sense of belonging. They don't even know where we are, you know. They don't even have like a sense of a sense of belonging that says I belong to this and that. But when we see them grow as a child, as a baby, you know, as a child and as a man, with that sense of belonging, this is my family. That captures our heart, and we want to continue uh, doing that. Our commitment to them is that uh, we would serve them in any way we can until they are settled down with their family, until they get married and settled down with the family, and then once they do that. We can adopt other children, and with their help, we can adopt other people. So we, what, we, we are not depending on outside, I would say. Uh, that's the way my wife and I have been led by the Lord. Very quickly, our country, formerly known as Burma, is made up of a population of uh, 60.2 million right now. And we have 130-plus huge tribe people with their own dialects or with, with their own uh, language. And Buddhism is the main religion in our country, and you can imagine how dark it is, spiritually speaking. Can we have another slide next? That's some of the pictures of the people in our country, hill tribe people. That's another dance of Kumbi cultural dance. And we have these, here we have uh, the city of Yangon, the capital of the country, and in Buddhism, and we have pictures of people bowing down uh, in front of the Buddha image. But this is where I like to talk with you guys that when the Bible says, ye are the light of the world, that means a lot. I don't know if you like the word, pictorial kind of word. Whenever I imagine the word light, I imagine myself being in the dark room. And if you have even a little light, you realize that darkness cannot overcome the light. It will not overcome the light. Which tells me that God delights in using human instruments to accomplish His purpose. And if you look at the dark side of the country, full of these people bowing down in front of the Buddha image, you might probably think, what can I do about it? And that's true. And yet, God rejoices to use human instrument to accomplish his purpose to bring more worshipers who will worship him in truth and in spirit that is what God is all about that is what the church is all about and we are committed to do that and so in order to reach out to more than 130 plus hill tribe people God led us to establish a small Bible school that we call Yangon Grace Bible School that's the rented facility for our school. That's the kitchen area where we prepare our supper. And that's a shower room, water supply. And that's the way the people sleep. Uh, on a floor, they all sleep together. But when they are getting sick, oh, it can be very contagious. <laughs> Almost every kind of sickness. And there's a student body uh, with Ben and me standing beside them. And that's the chapel room. Uh, ben teaching, and that's Ben again. And I can tell you, you can look at his action. 
he can drive me crazy when he's so and rolled. I really have to listen real good. Uh, we not only teach the students in class. We like to follow the footsteps of Jesus by taking the student out on mission trip, allowing them to exercise their faith, allowing them to apply the things that they have been taught at school. And so we take them out on mission trip to a rural area. It takes sometimes six days to get to one destination. Two days by bus, two days by boat, and two more days by walking on a trail, not even a path. Steepy and hilly. I had uh, one of our teachers pretty big inside. And in a steepy trail, he had to run. He can't walk slowly. He had to keep running. And that's another trail that we went through. Uh, it's just a river. There's no really path or street or road that you can call. It's just small brooks become trail. That's the way we walk through. But let me tell you what we did. We washed the clothes of the elderly people, especially widow in their villages. We washed their clothes, their blankets. We split the firewood. We carried the firewood. And with that act of kindness, we see the hunger in them. A hunger that God has given them. A hunger for God's word. And every single night of worship or day of worship, elderly people will walk to the tent. Hear the gospel. Some of them for the first time. And then they receive Christ and we baptize them. And after seeing this change in their life, we organize them into a local church. And once we organize them into a local church, we appoint leaders, pastors, that will continue to feed spiritual food so that they become indigenous church that will reach out other people and do the same thing. And we also continue our relationship like that, you know, loving one another by having regional meeting. For example, like when Ben comes over, I would invite all of our leaders to come down to the city and have fellowship with Ben and us. That's the way we keep our relationship ongoing. Here we have uh, 400 people. By the way, 2010 was the year for many of these people to see computer for the first time in their life. And believe me when I tell you this, a lot of them, I would say, more than 80% of them in the villages area don't know anything about noodles. They don't know anything about cars, computer, they have never seen. In fact, when I invited one of my pastors to come down to the city of Yangon in 2008, that was the first time he saw car in his life. He was getting dizzy. <laughs> I wish I had a medicine that would, that would heal uh, that, that dizziness, you know, in a second. <laughs> so, that's what we are doing. We follow Jesus' pattern of ministry. We like to train up strong leaders who are compelled by God's word, contagious in their walk with Christ, Courageous in carrying out God's calling in your life. That's the kind of leader we are committed to raise. And if you feel led by the Lord to come alongside us in any way you can, we would be very much honored. And I can guarantee 100% of your offering or whatever you give will be used for the ministry of the gospel. 
By God's grace, I have been free from covetousness, I would say, most of my life. In fact, I don't want to hang around with people who encourage me to look for property of land. God protected me, and I believe he's still protecting me. And I have a friend like Ben who keeps reminding me a country boy can survive. He ain't need how he ain't need anything. A country boy can survive. And we live our life in hope of his return. And we like to do all that we can do. You look at the country of Burma and you see spiritual darkness. But we want to stay faithful to our calling. Courageous in fulfilling our calling. So that we will hear him say, faithful, well done. That's what we want to hear. Thank you very much for letting me be part of your life. Thank you. Good job, buddy. Good job. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Just remain standing. Remain standing. Take your Bibles. I'm going to just share a thought with you. Just a thought. We're, we don't have much time, but I, I want to share a thought with you. For some reason, I'm thinking, the preacher man says it's the end of time. <laughs> See, it's, it's biblical. Amen. Mississippi River's going dry. Luke, now look, if you can't laugh at that, you're in the wrong church. I'm just going to tell you. <laughs> look, I am so tickled to see somebody who cares about their people like I care about mine. Are y'all with me? Luke chapter 9, let me share this with you. Look, this, this is where this come from. If you look in your bulletin, if you look in your bulletin, uh, there is an awesome outline in that that I was going to do today. And this morning, God changed everything. And the Holy Ghost fell into Jack's this morning around biscuits and gravy. Say amen. And I want to share with you just a couple things that he shared with me going into what we're talking about today. All right? Luke chapter 9 and verse number 1. If you found your spot, say amen. Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils to cure diseases and he, what's that word? Say it again. And he, and he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Look what it says in verse 6. Look what it says in verse 6. And they departed and went through the towns preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. Father, thank you for your word and your people. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. There are so many people, there are so many people in church today all over America that feel like they are, they are doing God a favor by showing up this morning. Listen, there's folks in this room right now feel like they're doing God a favor by being here today. I want you to know this. This is about uh, restoration. This is about re-energizing how many of y'all? How many y'all uh, have to stop by the gas pump on a regular basis? What happens if you don't? It's not complicated. It wasn't a trick question. Amen. What happens if you don't go to the gas station? You run out of gas. Guess what? This is the gas station. This is the gas station. We are running, we are running every single day. We are going forth, and God has sent us. And, you know, sometimes sometimes we have this idea that a missionary is somebody that goes to Africa or somebody that goes to India or somebody that goes to Russia. Do you realize if you've been born again, you are a missionary? 
You have a responsibility. God has sent us. He has given us the Great Commission. He has told us to go into all the world to preach the gospel to every creature. When, when Jesus was about to go back to heaven, uh, in Acts chapter number 1, he was sitting there and he was sharing with the, with the disciples and they were saying, okay, are you going to set up your kingdom now? Are we going to rule and reign with you now? He said, look, it is not for you to know the times of the season which God has put in his own time, in his own hand, in his own power. He said, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you and ye shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Now, everything you heard this afternoon, this e this morning, was about reaching our Jerusalem, our Judea, our Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. We are missionaries. We are being sent by Jesus Christ. Are y'all with me? Jesus came with a purpose. Jesus came with a plan. He came to fulfill the Father's will. When he came, I mean, even when he was 12 years old, uh, he told his mother, he said, Wish you not that I must be about my Father's business. From the time Jesus landed on this planet, he was about his Father's business. And you say, what is the Father's business? He said, I came to seek and to save that which was lost. Church, say amen. He gathers 12 disciples. And by the way, Jesus started his own church. Amen. He started with the 12 disciples and he sent them out. And this is what the Bible says. First off, if you're writing this down, this is quick, guys. This is just really quick. Number one, he sent them with a mission. He sent them with a mission. And what was that mission? To search out, to seek out. God never told us to wait for them to come to us. He told us to go to them. To every sinner, if you look in your Bible, every sinner, God says, come. Come unto me, you thirsty. Come unto me, you hungry. I'm the bread of life. He said, come unto me, ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. But to every saint, to every saved person, he said, go ye into all the world. I like, the, I like the guy that, that was full of demons that Jesus cast out. He came to him, and, and he said, I want to go where you are. He said, no, I don't want you to go with me. I want you to go back to your family and your friends and tell them the good things that God has done for you. What is the mission that we're all on? Everyone in this room. Everyone in this room. You know, here, here's, a, here's a problem. When I grew up in church, when I grew up in church, we thought we, pray, we paid the preacher to reach people here in the States and we paid the missionary to reach people on the other side of the world. And we just come, we just come to let them uh, 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 fill our quota and, 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 and just take care of us and pamper us. And you know what that has caused? That has caused a country full of spoiled brats. I said it with guests here. I said it. Dr. Hawkins on the second row and I still said it. We've got spoiled brats 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 are selfish brats think it's all about them and you know what there are so many people in church today to think this is all about them just come meet my knees come visit me when i don't feel good come do this come do that come make me feel better about myself god is saying there's a dying world out there they're dropping into hell by the millions while we're sitting there sitting soaking and souring we have a mission ladies and gentlemen to seek those that are lost we have a mission to share what God has given us. He said, I want you to tell them who I am. Share. You know, I, I've heard people say that, well, I don't know how to witness. I don't know how to, I don't, I don't know what to do. Here's what you do. All you have to do is share what God did for you. Well, I don't know the Romans road. That's okay. Did God save you? Did you have an experience with God? 
All you have to do is tell people what God's done for you. Are y'all with me? There was a woman, there was a woman in the Bible. She came to the well. She had issues. I mean, she had real issues. She was looking for love in all the wrong places. Amen. Been married five times, shacking up with the one she was with. I mean, this woman had issues. But you know what? She ran into the best friend she's ever known, and that was Jesus Christ. Jesus looked beyond her fault and saw her need. He looked beyond her problems and saw her potential and gave her something that she never had, and that was real love. Uh, Jesus gave her unconditional love, loved her right where she was. She had a stigma. Most, most scholars say they believe that she came to the well at that particular time of the day because nobody was out there so she would not be harassed because she was probably a woman of reputation. And Jesus gives her what she was looking for. He said, if you'll give me a drink of water, I'll give you water where you'll never thirst again, talking about salvation and the Spirit of God. And she left her pot and walked off with the well. Say amen. She left Jesus and went back to town. And here the disciples, they pass her going to Jesus. And here she comes into town and she tells the whole town, come see a man who's told me everything about myself. That's all she did. And guess what? The whole town came out. And the Bible says many believe because of the witness of the woman. What did she do? She just shared. She just shared. What can you do? How many of y'all enjoy the services? How many of y'all enjoy the singing? How many of y'all enjoy the preaching? Help me now. It lie, lie, lie right now, lie. Just tell somebody. Just tell somebody. It's that simple. Well, I don't know how to preach. You don't have to. I'll do it for you. Just help me get them here. You know what? You know what the best advertising is? Satisfied customer. If you go somewhere and that's good food, I'll tell you this. Brother, Brother Chris... And Miss Kathy O'Neill, they told me about a place called Carabas. Y'all ever heard of it? The Lord has anointed Carabas. Put his hand upon it. It's hovering. There's a, there's a glory cloud. They've been telling me and telling me and telling me about this place. I, I'm, you know, and I'm thinking, you know, it's just a place. It, what, well, we, we was at the hospital in, in, in Birmingham, and they said, well, preacher, there's one right over here. Let's go to it. Brother Chris said the magic words. I'm paying. I said, I'm with you. Let's go. Please, Lord, be in that. Amen. We got in there, and, and, and Miss Kathy, you know, she's kind of nervous anyhow. She, she was worried about what I'd think about it, and, and, uh, and I, 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 I got that Sir Lauren Marsalis. Any, any of y'all had that? They said I like it because of the wine sauce. I don't know if there's anything to that, but I, I got it, and I just put my fork down. Miss Kathy thought, oh, God, he don't like it. I just went into prayer. Our Father, thank you for what you have. Guess what, I, guess what I'm doing right now? I'm sharing. See, it's not hard. How many of y'all, that, that moment was so special to me. I have told everybody. Now, that don't hold a candle to what Jesus did for me when he saved me. Now, if we can't share that with somebody, you need to come get what you didn't get the first time. Because it was good. How many of y'all are glad you're not going to hell? Share. Just tell somebody. Amen. God sent them with a mission. God sent them with a message. God sent them with a message. You know what? I, I love... 
I grew up in church my whole life. I grew up in church my whole life. And, and I, I've heard people that had to say something. And then I've heard people with something to say. Y'all catch the difference? Those people that have to say something, they try to, they try to make up for what they don't have something to say by getting loud or by hollering or by spitting or by, you know, all this kind of stuff. Now, I like a man that looks like he believes what he's saying, but I want him to say something. Amen? I mean, just because they're spitting and hollering and shouting, I grew up in a movement where, you know, the redder the preacher's face was, the more spiritual he was. That don't have nothing to do with it. It's what he's saying. And you know what? I've got a good message. What's that message? Jesus loves you. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. Jesus sent them out with a message of love. Do you know what this broken world needs? To know somebody loves them. You know why most people are getting turned away from God? You know why most people are getting turned away from God? There are people today that love God, but they hate the church. And rightly so. Because most of the churches they've gone into were stuck up, Everybody looked at him funny. Hello. I went to a, I went to a I went to a, a a wild game feast. Preached at it last Sunday Sunday evening, and I'm the preacher. I'm the speaker. I'm you know I'm and I walked in there and I was terrified. I'm calling everybody from Temple. Where y'all at, people? I wasn't about to go in there without somebody with me. Say amen. And I thought to myself, if I feel that way, what do most lost people feel? And then when they go in and nobody shakes their hand, nobody greets them, nobody shows any kind of love, it's a God's wonder anybody wants to go to church. You see, we have a message of love. God loves them. God loves every crack daddy. God loves every meth daddy. God loves every prostitute. God loves every drunk. God loves every single person sitting under that bridge in Birmingham. He loves you. He not only sent him a message of love, he sent him a message of life. Jesus said, come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, and I'll give you what? He said in John 10, 10, the thief cometh but to steal, kill, and destroy, but I am come that you might have, say with me, you might have and have it what? You know what that means? That means we're supposed to be having a large time. I've heard, I've seen people, I've seen people, I don't want to be a Christian, I'm going to have to give up everything. What? I'll have more fun in my sleep than you'll have drunk any day of the week. I'm not enduring this thing. I'm not just, oh, I hope I can make it, I hope I can. Man, I'm having a blast. Have life. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The God said we can have joy unspeakable and full of glory. I'm not, I'm not enduring this thing. I'm having the time of my life. How about you? Well, maybe you haven't met him yet. Well, I go to church all the time. I didn't ask you if you go to church. Do you know do you know the one that started the church? Because when you meet him, it changes everything. Amen? He sent him with a message. He sent him with a miracle. The Bible said he gave him power and authority. They were healing diseases. 
they were helping broken people. The preacher, what are you talking about? I don't have no power. You will if you go. They never had it till they left and used it. You have no idea the power and the ability that you have in Christ till you go to use it. Are y'all with me? For instance, how many of y'all have an iPhone? Raise your hand. It's all right. iPhone. How many of you know how to use it? Y'all lying? How many of y'all know there's seven-year-old people that can show you how to use that thing? I had, I had mine in McKenzie. Daddy, let me show you how. I thought, whoa. Man, you can do, you can do, I mean, you can call down astronauts with this thing. I didn't know. Guess what? You have the power to bless people. You have the power to bring a miracle in people's lives. But you got to go. You got to go. You know, there's no greater miracle in this world than giving somebody who was hopeless and giving them hope. You know what they were doing? A uh, hundred and... How many... Tim, Tim, where you at, Tim? Is that a hundred and what? A hundred and sixty-eight volunteers. How, was that how many we had? That was how many y'all ministered to? A hundred and twenty-five people went to share hope. And I know there was some, my girls, Becky and Brandy went, and I guarantee you, they were terrified when they left. I had to put a shock collar around their ankle to make them go. I mean, it was just, it was awful. Didn't know what they were going to say, didn't know what they were going to do until they got there. And when they got there, everything changed because God took over. Are y'all with me? We got to go. Now, I can't go to Miramar. Well, I can. I can't go, can I? I'll go and I'll see, but I can't stay. I can't stay because I got responsibilities here. You can't go and stay, but we can help Philip. We can help Philip. And this is what I want to do. When we were talking last night, man, we just had a great fellowship, and they was, they was telling me all that the college is doing, and, and, and I'm going to put a sign-up sheet about at the table. I, God has spoke to my spirit about giving them $1,000 for this, for this college. They've lost their sponsors for the college. It takes $3,500 a month to run that and to, and to send them out and to get into the villages and do all the ministry that they do and train them and develop them. That one picture, you know that picture? You got that picture, Doc? Uh, the, the one I asked for earlier? Help me, Jesus. All right. All of those are missionaries being trained to go tell somebody Jesus loves them. Y'all with me? Now, they don't have the ability there in the, in the jungle and the villages and all that to, to get help to do that, but we can. We can. God has put in my spirit this nine months. They need nine months of support, $3,500 a month. They have, they have gotten, I think, 10000 in, and, and, and it's 20-something, I think, we come up with, Brother Chris. twenty-one five is what we need to come up with over uh, the period of nine months. And, uh, and God just told me to give a 1000 I, I I don't know why if that was that number, and, and he's going to give it to me to give, so the, I, I have no issue with that over that nine-month period. But I want to help them. I want to help Philip. I want to help what they are doing over there and be a blessing to them. So I've, I've got, I'm not signed up on the paper, but I've already given them my, my uh, uh, commitment to that. And, uh, and I want you to pray about it. 
I want you to pray about it. This is a totally different type of service. Man, this is just, this is, I believe this is a God thing. Brother Kendrick said the teens, their motto right now is go time. It's go time. Now, we might not can get on a plane and go, but we can help them go. And it's the same principle. Paul said it this way. We are partnering together. We will be rewarded the exact same by partnering together and helping them go. Are y'all with me? Say amen. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to sign up and say, Preacher, I want to give such and such amount over my tithes and offerings toward this to help this college make this year happen and make it go that way. And look, this is not, this is not a guilt-ridden situation. If you can't pray, everybody can pray. If you can, if God puts something on and don't do it unless God tells you to. Because if, if, if God tells you to, he will give it to you. If he don't tell you to, he won't give it to you. So if he does speak to your heart and say, I want you to do this, you do what God's telling you to. Amen, church? Let's pray. I want